Foxy Woxy, uh, Ducky Lucky, Turkey Lurky, Cocky Locky, and of course, Henny Penny. And most of us have heard far more than once the story of Chicken Little. And as you remember in the story, Chicken Little gets hit in the head by an acorn, and Chicken's Little conclusion, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. And Chicken Little then goes about sharing the news that the sky is falling with an assortment of characters. And as some versions of the story go, the shared panic and paranoia of Chicken Little and his friends leads to a very bad result. A fox gobbles them up. Well, the fact that it is hard to find toilet paper at Costco, that an Australian newspaper is printing more editions so people have something to use in the bathroom, and that folks are buying up all kinds of things tells me that there is panic and paranoia going on worldwide at the moment. The coronavirus. Are we overreacting? Are we underreacting? Or, as has been said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and nothing and nothing and more. It's just a cigar, and there is no reason to come up with all kinds of crazy ideas and notions about the origin of this thing. But that said, this virus is indeed serious. People are sick and dying. But, this is a very important but, far, 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 far more people are recovering or not becoming ill really at all. Despite this, the impact is horrendous. Markets are in free fall. People are stuck on ships. Schools are closed. The travel industry is devastated. People can't work. Conventions and trade shows are folding up. Comforting, engaging forms of connecting with people like hugging or extending a hand are on hold. Villages, towns, and cities are on lockdown. And the irony is that while the vast majority of people who get this virus will be just fine, the impact is massive economically, relationally, psychologically, and yes, even spiritually. This whole coronavirus thing points to something, and that is that we are all beautifully and wonderfully made by God. But we do have a flaw or two, one of which is that if we're not careful, we can respond in chicken little ways to uncertainty, that is, with paranoia and fear that lead to bad things happening. Yet despite knowing this, and even though we understand that uncertainty is part of life, many, if not most people struggle with accepting unknowns in life. Now, uncertainty is an interesting thing. Uncertainty or not knowing what's going to happen can be due to positive things that we create or invite into our lives, or it can be the result of negative things over which we have no control. I can decide, for example, to move into a new house and feel pleased by the idea but there is uncertainty involved, and that can cause me angst. Or I can invest wisely with very reasonable long-term risk, but the markets can go south in a short period of time, and that can get me all worked up. Uncertainty, not knowing what's ahead, lack of clarity, change, all of these things can be more than challenging and upsetting, disturbing, and anxiety-producing. But on the other hand, all of these things, are a marvelous opportunity to dive into the lives of people of faith who have gone before us and explore what they did when they didn't know what the heck was going to happen. And if we're willing to dive into the lives of these people and take lessons that we can learn from them, 
if we allow those lessons to affect us, we can actually end up in times of uncertainty closer to God, more in alignment with how Jesus invites us to live, more resilient, and become more steady on our feet that can be helpful to people around us. So for a few moments this morning, I'd like to dig into the lives of some folks whose futures were as crystal clear as mud. And let's explore what some takeaway lessons might be for each of us here today in the age of the coronavirus and uncertainty. Well, long ago, the Israelites went through a massive transition. You may, you know the story, around 400 years of slavery ended, and suddenly the Israelites found themselves wandering around a scorching desert following Moses. Sure, they had been told they were headed to a great place, but when water ran out and food ran low, they got really uptight. They were living day to day in a barren place with tons of unknowns. You might even say that out in that desert, the Israelites were called to embrace a brand new, new normal, a new normal that they were not happy about. And it's in the midst of this that Moses says something to the people that remains relevant to us. Moses said, tell your children we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land. Well, here Moses tells the people in the desert as they deal with lots of uncertainty to remember where they had come from and what they had been through before. In essence, Moses says to the people as they're in the desert, as we move into a new normal, it's important to remember what we have been through and what God has done throughout it all in the past. What great counsel for us. In the midst of the uncertainty changes and new normal we are facing, it is so helpful to remember what we have come through in the past and how God has acted in the midst of such life passages. And the purpose of remembering is not to stay stuck in what has been, but rather to learn and take encouragement from what we've been through before the place we are in now. Now, not with every big change, but often when we look back, especially with time and perspective, we can see the positives in the working, powerful presence of God. Think of what this country's been through since inception. Ponder the massive lack of clarity and uncertainty faced by this country during the Civil War. How about both world wars? How about the social upheaval of the 60s? How about 9-11, just to name a few? And such remembering can help us move through current and future uncertainties as well. And the purpose of remembering what we have been through is not to stick our head in the sand, it's not to minimize real and significant threats. It's not so that we'll go around and say, oh, don't worry, everything will be fine, just like it always has been. No, the purpose is to take encouragement from tough and certain times we have made it through before and to acknowledge that God was fully present and acting even when we couldn't see it. But aside from remembering, it's important to point out that in the story, in story after story in both the Old and New Testaments, when faced with extraordinary unknowns, some people made the decision to trust God anyway. Here are just a few words that come to mind as I think about our reading from Genesis today. 
leave, go, depart, went, headed, travel, continue traveling. Every one of these words that come to mind in response to our reading from Genesis are words of change and transition and lack of clarity. Every one of these words involves the unknown. And Abraham was old when God called him and asked that he and his wife, Sarah, get a move on into an entirely new place, way of living and life purpose. They were settled and comfortable when they faced a new normal. Yet they accepted their new normal and heeded God's call upon their lives because they made the decision to trust God anyhow. And how about in Matthew's gospel when Jesus calls his disciples to follow him and they drop everything and follow him? They choose to trust Jesus. How about in Matthew 28 following the resurrection? We find words in Matthew, went, go, run, rushed, leave. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, his commission to his followers was to get going in the midst of the new normal and to trust him. The point of all this? Well, granted, the examples I just shared are all positive new normals. The coronavirus and other things the world is facing today are not good new normals. But whether for a good reason or a tough one, making the decision, and it is a decision we can make, to trust God regardless, asking God for help and trusting God if we're struggling with it, is one key to not living like the sky is falling. And new normals, even when they're hard, are always opportunities for us to reevaluate and deepen our trust in God. And that can be an immense blessing. But there's more. When living with any kind of uncertainty, it's vital to remember something I call the plate principle, something I've, called, I've talked about before. Every day we are given in life is very much like a plate with a variety of foods that are served next to one another, yet on the same plate. And as with any meal on a plate, something might taste great, whereas in another very adjacent food might really be nasty tasting. When I grew up, I hated lima beans. I still do. They're one of God's great mistakes. <laughs> but when a plate is in front of me with lima beans, if I pay attention only to those beans and not to the delicious food that's right next to the plate, I'm not likely to take a bite of anything, clue the whole thing is awful. And when the uncertainty of a new normal hits us, it may be obvious. But it's essential to remember that good always coexists with bad. Always. Blessings and good things exist in the midst of what is hard. And it's important for us to remember this obvious point. Not just to focus and get consumed by what's nasty tasting on the plate. But to savor and enjoy what is right and good. This can help us diminish our human tendency to sometimes overglorify the past. And underestimate or look at the future with fear. They're coexisting realities of good and bad all around, always. And somewhat related to this is the idea that if you are dealing with fear and anxiety, not just with coronavirus, but with any new normal in your life, it's so important to not stuff your feelings, but take your feelings to Jesus. Look at Jesus' life. Whenever someone was vulnerable or upset or anxious or disturbed, Whenever someone who was feeling those things went to Jesus, he responded with love, compassion, understanding, and wisdom-filled grace. 
And if in any area of life you too are feeling afraid or fearful, take it to Jesus. Jesus said, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Are you afraid? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Keep company with me. Jesus said this because of his full awareness of what life can bring and because he understood the poignant challenges of uncertainty and the lack of clarity and the fear that these things can create. And Jesus says, bring it to me. Remembering what has been, trusting, making the decision to trust God, the idea of a plate and there's good and bad and taking our feelings to Jesus are powerful things to keep in mind in this time of new normal. But there's more. Our second reading today is from John's Gospel. And in it, we heard the story about Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was the kind of guy who built his life on clarity, what is known, predictability, and he had zero interest in new normals of any kind. He was a rigid guy. And as a Pharisee, he and his pals were anything but open to Jesus, let alone new understandings of things. The story in our reading takes place during a very ugly, bad time in Israel. It was an occupied state. There was a ton of social upheaval and corruption. There were divisions between groups of people. Yet in this setting, during this terrible time, Nicodemus does something very unexpected. He makes a decision to go see Jesus. He stepped way outside of his box in his way of doing things. And as a result, Jesus shared life-altering truths with Nicodemus, such as the idea of being born again. Now, this is a whole sermon in and of itself, and I've preached about it before, but I just want to say briefly that being born again at its core is ultimately about surrendering, yielding, letting go, releasing, giving up, and a fundamental openness to seeing and receiving Jesus into our lives in a new way. And I believe that Nicodemus, despite the fact he was living in a really tough time and was doing everything he could to hold on to what he knew, ultimately opened up to Jesus. Let us remember, too, it was Nicodemus who helped bury Jesus. A very tough time, a desire for clarity and certainty, a dislike of the unknown, a resistance to the new normal. This was Nicodemus, yet he opened himself up to Jesus as he never had before, and his life was fundamentally altered, even with the lack of clarity surrounding him. And so this got me thinking that during this new normal time that none of us like, are we willing yet again for the first time or the hundredth time to open up ourselves to Jesus in new ways, perhaps even ways we've been resisting? Are we open now, in the height of uncertainty, to coming to new ways of seeing ourselves, brand new ways of seeing priorities in life and what really matters? Are we open to doing things in different ways than we've done before? In essence, are you and I open to being born again and again and again? And again, in our relationship with Christ, letting him have his way with us so that things change in how we react.
And finally this morning, I'd like to wrap up with this. For a moment, listen to this sampling of verses from the Old and New Testaments. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. For I, the Lord, do not change. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God? And finally, God never changes. And through these verses and many others like them, we encounter a fundamental truth about God. God does not change. In fact, you can say it's only God that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So how do we connect with the constancy of God? Well, listen to these excerpts from the first letter of John. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God as God is love. If we love, God will dwell deeply within us and will take up a permanent residence within us. There is no room in love for fear because love banishes fear. Change, transitions, lack of clarity, new normals are all an inherent part of life. Sometimes we welcome such things, other times we don't. Life is a litany of passages and experiences that are continually shifting, morphing, evolving, moving this way and that. We indeed are in a tough time right now with this virus is affecting or will likely soon affect many dimensions of life. But in the middle of this and anything in the future, there is one constant, one thing that does not change, one thing that will not be different, and that is God, as I just mentioned. And if we hold on to the constant, we will end up finding ourselves standing on rock-solid ground regardless of what's going on around us. And the way we hold on to the constancy of God is love, because God is love. When we love God and love people and love ourselves, John writes, as I said a moment ago, God dwells deeply within us. The point is that God calls us to make our lives about love, and when we do that, we will discover the unchangeable, rock-solid presence of God that is within us. The more we love, the more we get in touch with the rock. And as you've heard me say many, 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 many times before, want to get close to the solid nature of God? Love. Feel like God is far away? Love. Wonder where God is? Love. Sensing that life is out of control? Love. Want to find solid, immovable ground to stand on? Love. Filled with fear or trepidation? Love. Love casts out fear. Want to know what to do in response to the coronavirus? Love. That's the pathway to God. I'm not a fan of what's happening right now. Lots of people are getting hurt, not so much just by the virus, but in fact, more so by the impact it's having on how people live, work, and play. It's not an easy time, but we're not helpless. And as I mentioned, marvelous blessings can come from this time, especially if we take the time to remember what we've been through before. If we make the moment-to-moment -moment choice to trust God, if we keep in mind that good is always to be found, in the midst of what's bad. If we take any fear we have to Jesus and hand those fears over to him, if we open up ourselves to being born again and again and again in our relationship with Christ, 
if we keep focused on the truth that God is constant and never changing, and if we spend our energy loving instead of fearing. I have no doubt we will move through this national crisis and any others in the future. We will move through it as a chapel family. We will get through it as followers of Jesus. And as a human race, we'll be more than fine because God is on our side, whoever we are and wherever we come from. And let us pray.